Welcome to the Atlanta Fringe Audio 2021, brought to you by the Atlanta Fringe Festival. To learn more about the Atlanta Fringe Festival, go to atlantafringe.org. This show is family friendly. everybody and welcome to Ask Dear Abby, a podcast where we uncover what ails our animal friends and offer some top-notch animal advice from our delightful doe, Abby. Well, thank you for that introduction. And of course, this all isn't possible without you, Hopper, our faithful showrunner. I figured we'd get started with some fun animal fast facts before we dive into today's episode. Sounds good to me. Well, Hopper, for one, did you know that unlike most other bears, pandas actually do not hibernate? So they have trouble sleeping like our friend Brucie? (laughs) Well, not exactly. When it gets cold outside, pandas head to warmer temperatures, usually lower down on their mountain homes. For this reason, they do not need to hibernate. And while we are talking about pandas, did you know that the giant panda's scientific name is Aluropoda melanoleuca? That name means black and white catfoot. First off, I didn't know you could speak Latin. And second, I thought pandas were barefoot. Well, they don't wear shoes. <laughs> oh, snap. Good one, Abs. <laughs> Thanks, Hoppy. Hey, here's another fun fact. Did you know that despite being called bears, koala bears actually aren't bears at all? In fact, they are marsupials. Marsupials typically have pouches where their babies develop. Funny, I can barely tell them apart. <laughs> These Australian marsupi pals get their name from an aboriginal term meaning no drink. Many people believe that this is because koalas get most of their water from the eucalyptus leaves they eat. I wonder what the aboriginal term for eats lots of carrot cake is because that's what i should be called (laughs) Ooh, a mystery for another time perhaps those are some great animal fast facts abby now let's see what kind of fun things our animal friends are getting into this week today we welcomed a new friend to our zoo she's a little tiger cub named sylvana and she is adorable Aw, i bet titus and miranda are so happy to welcome their little bundle of joy i can't wait to meet her perhaps we can have her on our show sometime that sounds perfect in other news monty mongoose won his boxing match against carrie cobra in his weight class division way to go monty did you help him train for the match at hoppin fitness more like he's been training me he's my boxing coach His motto is, move those feet or wind up on the street or ground of the boxing ring. He didn't really have a knack for catchy mottos. (laughs) Well, with you being the pun master, perhaps you can help him there. I'll take a jab at it. (laughs) Well, Ebs, I guess that does it for the neighborhood news. Oh, and look at that. We've got a couple of callers who'd like to hear some helpful news on their daily blues. Excellent. I love lending a helping hook to those in need. So, who are we speaking to first? Our first caller is Norman. He's a lovesick narwhal hoping to gnaw fall in love. Great. Hello, Norman. If you've got a problem, just stop on by and I'll say hi and ask, Dear Abby, that's me. Yoo-hoo! Hello, Abby. Thank you for taking my call. My family and I are big fans of your show, yeah? You have a big following here in Norway. <laughs> Aw, that's very kind of you, Norman. Wow, Norway. So I take it that you live in the icy Arctic Ocean then? Oh, 
yeah, we love the cold. And this time of year, we especially love the Lancaster Sound. That's where I'm calling you from today. Lancaster Sound? That sounds like something you'd pick up at Gotar Center. Uh, what is a guitar center? It's this really cool music store where they sell guitars and stuff. Oh, that is cool. I love music, too. I love dancing to music, especially with... Well, I don't dance with anyone. I wish I did. Oh, it's okay, Norman. So Hoppy was telling me that you've been searching for love. How is that going? Can you tell me a little more about that? Yeah, so I recently downloaded this app my buddy told me about called Valen for Love. Uh, it's a dating app where veils of all types can meet up and get to know each other and hopefully fall in love. However... However? Don't say however. Why is he saying however? What? Um, Hobby, you okay there? What? Oh, I'm fine. I'm just invested in the story. Are you looking for love too, little Bun Bun? It seems everyone is looking for love, which makes it all the worse that I can't find love. You know what? We can talk about me later. Hmm. So, Norman, you're saying that despite the dating app, you haven't been able to connect with anyone? Yeah, das is correct. You see, I make connections on the dating app, and we set up a date at a nice, lovely restaurant, but when the time comes, I can never, well, find them. You can't find them? Hmm, you mean like you have the wrong directions to the restaurant, or...? No, not exactly. Uh, we narwhals use sound to find each other, so my date will be like, Norman, listen for my whistles at 6 p.m. to find me, and then I will listen for her sounds, but I can never hear them. So then I just swim around looking for my date, but... No luck. Hmm, how interesting. So you're saying that narwhals locate each other with sounds, but no matter what, you can never seem to locate your dates because you cannot hear them? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Norman. Narwhals indeed make a variety of sounds, including buzzes, whistles, and echolocation clicks. Echolocation? Isn't that the same thing our friend Daphne Dolphin uses to communicate with her pod squad? It sure is, Hop. Echolocation is a way that animals can locate something that is distant by reflecting or bouncing their noises off of an object. This process can be especially important for finding food. Now, Norman, I'm concerned to hear that you cannot hear the sounds that your fellow narwhals are making. I can't help but wonder if something is perhaps interfering with your communication amongst each other. Have there been any recent changes to your environment? Anything that might be creating louder sounds than you and your fellow narwhals make? Well, now that you mention it, there have been a lot of big ships coming through the waters recently. Uh, the ships definitely make big noise. Ah, I see. Norman, I can't help but think that you are perhaps being affected by something called noise pollution. Ah, what is that? Noise pollution is any loud or unwanted sound that can interfere with wildlife, particularly when it masks other sounds. Scientists have been increasingly concerned about the negative impacts of noise pollution on narwhals because narwhals are so dependent on noise to find food, mates, and to avoid predators. Norman, I have a feeling that noise pollution from the big ships is masking the sounds from other narwhals who are trying to communicate with you. Ooh, you don't say. 
Well, it is good to finally know why I can never connect with my dates. But what can I do to fix that? I am a big narwhal, but ships are way bigger, yeah? That is a great question, Norman. Ships can create a lot of underwater noise, and they can actually generate a noise that is similar to that of many marine animals. This is a problem that I think everyone in our world has to work to improve upon. For example, some small ways that ship and boat owners can make a difference is by keeping their boat clean and in proper working order. It is especially important to regularly clean your propellers and to keep your engines well-tuned. It's amazing how a small thing can have such a big effect on an animal's home. You know, Abs, we mentioned Daphne earlier. I can't help but think Daphne and Norman would be great friends. What do you think about setting up an in-person meeting for the two of them in our studio? Ooh, I love that idea, Hobby. Does that sound like a plan, Norman? Ooh, yeah, that is good plan. Thank you, Abby and Hopper. I cannot wait to finally connect with a new friend. Ta-ta for now! Aw, Norman was such a delight. Hopefully by raising awareness of noise pollution and by introducing Norman to more friends, he'll be on his way to finding love. Now, Hoppy, I haven't forgotten how interested you were in Norman's story. Do you have something to share with us? As a matter of fact, I do. <gasps> you do? Please do tell. I wanted to share with you that we have another caller on the line. In fact, our listeners may remember that she was in a commercial on our show last season about Zebra Cruda. Ooh, Ginger Snap. I wonder why she's calling us today. She's taking on a new career change, but she's having trouble adjusting. Well, I am excited to talk with her, but don't think I won't bug you later about your mysterious dating life, Hoppy. All right, all right. I'll explain everything during the commercial break, but for now, let's get back to our friend Ginger Snap. Hello, Ginger Snap. If you've got a problem, just stop on by and I'll say hi and ask Dear Abby. That's me. Hello, Abby. Wonderful to speak with y'all again. You probably remember me as Ginger Snap, the former carriage horse. You might also remember that I used Zebra Cruda to relocate to the country and join a riding academy to try something new for a change. I do remember that, Ginger Snap. How are things going at the riding academy? It's been heaven on earth, but a horse like me needs to challenge herself every once in a blue moon, so I decided to get into competitive jumping. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that you can jump competitively for a living? That's like the perfect job for me. My name is literally Hopper. <laughs> you betcha, hon. You should definitely come check out the ranch sometime. We've got this amazing course set up with all different heights of jumping obstacles, and we hold regional competitions there. The winner gets this big, beautiful trophy with their name on it. To win, you just gotta make it through the course without knocking down a single pole. I'm liking this jumping competition more and more, but my feet are kinda big. I don't know if I'd be able to clear every single one of those poles. Well, now that you mention it, hon, that's actually why I'm calling y'all today. You see, I would just love to win that trophy sometime, but I can't seem to make it through the course without knocking the poles over. I don't understand it. I practice for hours every day. I focus as hard as I can, but I just can't get a perfect score on the course. I'm almost starting to wonder if it's my vision that's throwing me off. But I've never had vision problems before. You've got to help me, dear Abby. Aw, I'm sorry to hear of your troubles, Ginger Snap. Especially with how much you practice every day, I'm sure it's frustrating to not be doing as well on the jumping course as you would like. Hmm, I wonder, 
It's interesting that you mention your vision because horses actually have fascinating eyes. Horses' eyes are not quite like human eyes. You see, humans have trichromatic vision. Tri what now? <laughs> trichromatic vision. That means that humans have the ability to discern reds, greens, yellows, and blues. Now, horses do not have trichromatic vision, but they also are not colorblind. You see, horses actually have something called dichromatic vision. What colors can I see with that? Dichromatic vision means that horses can distinguish two colors. Horses can naturally see blues and greens and other variations of blues and greens, but horses cannot distinguish red. I wonder, Ginger Snap, what color are the poles that you are jumping over in your obstacle course? Well, now that you ask, I honestly can't say with too much certainty what color they are. Honestly, when I'm getting ready to approach a jump, Sometimes I can't even tell where the dirt on the ground begins and where the poles end. Hmm. I think perhaps we might be onto something here. You see, this is actually a problem that is needed to be addressed for horse jumping. We have to take into account a horse's unique vision when designing obstacles for a horse to jump. For example, if the color of the jumping poles is too similar to the color of the ground, the horse will have trouble executing a perfect jump. I have a feeling that this may be the problem that's occurring on your jumping course. Ma, oh ma, you certainly are a bundle of knowledge, Abby. It would be no trouble at all for me to paint the jumping obstacles a different color, especially now that I understand the problem. Do you have any advice on what color would be best for me to paint the obstacles? Well, Ginger Snap, studies have shown that horses are less likely to knock down an obstacle when the poles are painted with two or more contrasting colors rather than a single color. I bet that painting the obstacles blue and white, or green and white, might improve your ability to clear the jump without taking a single pole with you. It sounds like that will clear up one obstacle so that I can clear the others in the competition. Thank you for your help, dear. Well, I would love to see you in one of these jumping competitions. Abby, do you think we could take a field trip out to the country to see Ginger Snap's competition? I would love to support Ginger Snap and see her win her first trophy. Besides, I never turn down an opportunity to spend vacation time with my bestie, Hopper. Oh, that would make me ever so happy. I look forward to seeing y'all when you get here. It's a date. So long, Ginger Snap. Date? Why did you use that specific word, Hoppy? Are you sure you're a deer? Because you like to bark up a lot of trees. <laughs> I'm just interested in all things Hoppy and want to make sure that if you're in need of any advice, whether it be about dating or jumping competitions or dating... Well, I guess I could use your advice on dating. I knew it. Okay, let's talk all about it at the break and see if we can get you matched up with that special someone. Be back in a flash after these messages. Are you looking to get away for a day of play with your family? Then come on down to Gopher Falls Mini Golf and Arcade. Here we have all kinds of fun activities like putt-putt golf, bumper cars, and a batting cage, and tons of fun games. You can even stop by the counter and turn in your game tickets for a stuffed animal, our mascot, me, Brian the Gopher, or a cool lava lamp. 
Oops, did you forget to pack a lunch before you came? No worries there, because we also have a food menu that would make any hungry hippo less hangry, if you catch my drift. Pizza, tacos, hamburgers, you name it. We even have salads and other vegetarian meals for you tubular tortoises. So come on over to Gopher Falls Mini Golf and Arcade today and score a hole in one at life. She sits at her desk, longing for the short hand of the clock to strike the five. She's seen it all, heard every excuse. But today, it doesn't faze her, because she is stronger. She is wiser. She is escargot number four. The smell of success. back and i hope y'all are still listening with those rabbit ears of yours as some of you know and for those of you who don't this is the part of the show where we bring in some furry flying fantastic animal friends of ours to answer your animal inquiries we've been asking all of you at home to send us your questions about a certain animal topic today's topic is giraffes take it away huh this week's question comes to us from abigail she wrote hi abby i was wondering why do giraffes have spots well, Abigail, thank you for that great question. Also, I love your name. <laughs> I think we are going to need to defer to an animal expert for this one. And what better giraffe expert to bring in than the mother of our very own Gerald the Giraffe from Season 1. So, without further ado, let's meet her. Calling in all the way from the Serengeti National Park in Tanzania, East Africa, it's Miss Geraldine. Oh, hello there. Happy to be speaking with you today. I've been such a fan of your show ever since I heard my sweet baby Gerald get the most positively delightful advice from you. Aw, we loved getting to know Gerald. He was such a sweet kid. And amazing on those drums. We can't thank you enough for sending us the link to his latest performance. He and his bandmates are so talented. Hoppy and I are number one fans of the Hot Spots. Yeah, I can't wait to see them in the Battle of the Bands with the White Stripes. I hear those zebras can really rock out. Oh, that's so sweet of you to say. Yes, he is quite the rock star, but it can be a bit loud for these old giraffe ears during band practice. Luckily, I've invested in some XXXL earplugs, and they work wonders. <laughs> well, I'm so glad to hear that Gerald is doing well, and we are so grateful to get your thoughts on Abigail's question. So tell us, Geraldine, why exactly do giraffes have spots? Well, isn't that the question of the century? <laughs> Truly, though. You see, scientists have been trying to figure out for decades if there's any rhyme or reason to our beautiful spots. And though we know more now than ever before, scientists still have so many questions. Ooh, it sounds like giraffe spots are a hot topic. Geraldine, can you enlighten us on some of those more recent discoveries that scientists have made? Oh, you bet your dear bottom I can. Well, for one, scientists more recently agreed that a giraffe's spots are inherited, which means passed down from parent to child. To elaborate on that, every giraffe's spots or patterns are a little different. Those distinctive shapes that we see on a giraffe's coat are what is believed to be passed down from their parents. In particular, it seems that mother giraffes pass their spots roundness and smoothness onto their babies. 
Wow, that's fascinating, Geraldine. Now let me ask you this. Us deer also have spots, particularly when we are fawns or babies. Our spots are meant to protect us or offer us camouflage. Do a giraffe spots function at all as camouflage? Ah, uh, another great question that the world's greatest scientists are still trying to answer. I can say this, though. Scientists have observed that baby giraffes with bigger, rounder spots tend to have a higher survival rate. It's thought that the reason for this is because the spots help to camouflage us or hide us from predators. So, in other words, you're hard to spot? Oh, <laughs> clever bunny. Now, if I may. Our spots serve another incredibly important purpose other than just camouflage. You see, under each of our spots lies a whole special system of blood vessels. Blood vessels are what move blood throughout one's body. And our blood vessels allow us to release heat and cool our bodies. Giraffes live in very hot and dry places, but we don't sweat. We can instead direct our warmer blood to the blood vessels at the edge of our spots, which then forces the heat out of our bodies. That's so cool. Geraldine, I can't thank you enough for enlightening us. Hey, Ebs, sorry to interrupt, but we've actually got a caller on the line who is listening to Geraldine and says that he would like to share a little bit about his spots. Calling in from the sunny coast of San Diego, California, Mr. Spot, you're on the air. Hey. Uh, hi, hiya. Uh, how's it going? A spot here. I was listening to Miss Geraldine here, and, like, giraffes are cool and all, but, like, lots of animals got spots, you see. And everybody only cares about the cool animals with spots, like cheetahs, uh, 103 Dalmatians or whatever. No one cares about the little guys with spots. That's why I'm calling in, you see. Oh, well, Spot, it is a delight to talk with you. I would love to learn more about your spots. Would you first be so kind as to enlighten us as to what kind of spotted animal you are? I'm... well, the thing is, I'm just gonna say it. I'm a ladybug. And before you even ask, yes, ladybugs can be male, so there, end of story. Well, I think that's great. And we are happy to have you on the show and get your perspective. I'm sorry to hear you feel like ladybug spots have been ignored. Would you like to tell us all about why ladybugs have spots? I would. I would indeed. Uh, you see, scientists believe that we have a brilliant red coloring and black spots to warn off predators. It's like a sign to birds and frogs and dragonflies that we taste really bad and that they should stay away. Ah, I see. So your spots act as a warning to other animals and insects. Your spots help to keep you safe. Spot on, though. Our body's got the substance in it that tastes really bad to predators, like birds. And the substance is even a little poisonous. Not poisonous enough to, like, hurt a bird, but it would certainly give a bird a bad stomachache. So, you see, birds will see our spots and be like, Hey, stay away from that ladybug. They ain't good eating. <laughs> I can imagine so. I'm so glad to finally know some amazing ladybug facts. There's actually been a lot of ladybug myths that have been popular throughout time all around the world. For example, in Brussels, if a ladybug lands on you, the number of spots on the ladybug tells you how many children you will have. Another popular myth is that if a ladybug lands on you, you can count the spots and you will soon receive some money in the same dollar amount as the spots. <laughs> I don't know about any of that, 
But what I do know is that a ladybug's spots are just as cool as the spots on a great big animal like Geraldine. Oh, you certainly got a lot of spunk, Spot. I gotta say, being as tall as I am, I dare say I've hardly ever even noticed a little critter like yourself. Who? You? Colin Little. Don't be offended, dear. I'm just saying that you've given me food for thought. Animals and bugs of all shapes and sizes, spotted or not, can have a pretty cool story to tell. Act. You're making me blush, which is hard when you're as red as it gets. Thanks for hearing me out, Miss Geraldine. And of course, thanks to Abby and Hopper as well. Glad I finally got to talk with someone about my spots. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us today, Geraldine and Spot, and for telling us all about your hot spots. Which reminds me, Geraldine, please do let us know the next time Gerald has a concert. I will indeed. Take care. Bye, Spot and Geraldine. Hey, Abby, what's better than a cane eight? I don't know, Hop. What? A cane nine, which is also our topic for next week's episode of Ask Dear Abby. It sure is. You can go to www.askdearabby.com to submit your questions about canines. Well, that concludes our episode of Ask Dear Abby. But before we go, Abby would like to give you, the listeners, a few words of wisdom. Take it away, Abs. Thanks, Hoppy. We sure did learn an awful lot today. In the spirit of our new and returning friends, Norman, Gingersnap, Geraldine, and Spot, let me leave you all with this. Overcoming obstacles can come in all different shapes and sizes. Sometimes they can prevent us from finding that special someone, like with our friend Norman, or from achieving our career goals, like our friend Gingersnap. To that, I would say to continue putting yourself out there, and if the goal seems a bit blurry, you can always change how you approach it. With our friends Geraldine and Spot, we learned that our bodies can help us overcome certain obstacles, like warding off potential predators and also regulating our own body temperature. Whether you're a big spotted animal like a giraffe or a small insect with spots like our friend the ladybug, there are always more mysteries to solve. And the first step is to ask questions and then listen with ears wide open. Thanks again for listening. And as always, if you've got a problem, just stop on by and I'll say hi at Ask. Dear Abby, bye-bye now. Atlanta Fringe Audio 2021 is brought to you by the Atlanta Fringe Festival. You can binge on Fringe on Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. If you like this piece, leave a comment or review wherever you listen to podcasts.